Welcome to the episode 28 of Take TV 28. Today we're going to be talking about electric aviation. Uh, I've just sat down with uh, somebody who flew in a first British registered and uh, British owned electric uh, airplane in the UK. And we just went through all the sort of your typical questions. Enjoy. By the way, this was recorded at an active airfield outdoors, so there's wind noise and flying overhead aircraft. Enjoy. We're at Popham Airfield, and you flew, or your colleague flew, an electric aircraft in here. Yeah, first electric type certified in the world. It's been certified, it's called Velis Electra. It's been certified uh, by EASA June last year and CA uh, picked it up February this so, year. So it's a, for those who don't know, it's very hard sometimes to get the uh, the Gulf or, uh, you know, British. Um, yeah, it's a different game. <laughs> yeah, British certification. So most people fly in the UK aircraft that are hard to certify on the American registry. Correct. But this yeah. one's actually on the Gulf registry. It's on the Gulf registry. It's now type certified. So it's not just a, a permit to fly or experimental. Yeah. It's a zero production. And uh, basically here at Popham, which is the every year microlight and light aircraft exhibition, it's the first public display of, that of the first British registered fully electric aircraft. We're going first, 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 first everywhere. And actually flying here was the first in history of Britain fully electric point-to-point flight. So that's like history in the making. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't see press. Like, why are they not running and, you know, picking You know, what? I always was quite surprised with... This is a show for old friends, you know. Yes. <laughs> this is not a show for uh, press, but... Uh, Soon after the certification, before we started f- test flying or flying, the uh, Financial Times called and said, we want the coverage. And uh, the amount of advertising and amount of attention from press, we can't um, complain. You know, it's, it's a lot. That's good. That's good. I, think, I think I read the Financial Times article, mm. which is why I, I thought I'll reach out to you. Because I, you know, I mean, this is the electric, uh, I'm running an electric vehicle certification podcast you know for ages now but I, i've been flying uh aircraft and i had a private pilot's license for quite a few years now and right. i've done you know 280 300 hours in behind as a, as a p1 as a uh, pilot in command um so to me you know the, the there's a there's a very nice uh it, it i you know i was always looking forward to the time when i could actually see an aircraft yeah. that is electric on the on the british soil and isn't just an experimental yes, somebody's that's a, that's a big thing. in a barn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. No, it's a serial produced and um, we've got a yet not an amazing endurance, but enough for a flying school to enjoy. It's one hour flight uh, and it's one hour fast charge. Uh, it's a circuit trainer. It's not yet a cruiser uh, due to two reasons. Uh, first one is endurance. And the second one, the charging infrastructure, we're only developing it. Yeah. We're trying to work out with various investors and grants to deploy as many charges as possible in the next 12 months to make the country uh, at least flyable from point to point in electric aircraft. But it's such an early development stage, <laughs> you know. It's like, you, you know, the electric cars. Uh, yeah. First electric car, how many miles? 
probably 30, 40. Yeah. <laughs> and still, it was but, still a marketable product. Oh, yeah, it? yeah. That was like oh, well over 10 years ago, but people were still buying it yeah. because, you know, it's still useful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now what Tesla said, uh, 450? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we expect quite a, a rapid development in the aviation as well. Thing, so uh, an electric car just went yeah. past. <laughs> I'm just joking. Gold buggy. Cars, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, can we go, go back to the start? So can you introduce yourself and who you guys are? Because so people know. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Sergey Grachev. Um, I'm the founder and the director at the company called Fly About Aviation. Uh, that's an official uh, executive exclusive distributor for Pipistrel in this country. Okay. So we haven't started from this electric aircraft. We've been with Pipistrel for 12 years now, and we were selling conventional aircraft in both microlight and type classes. Uh, so 472 kilos and 600 kilos. And um, they are mostly trainers, uh, but having said that, the Pipistrel Virus uh, SW121 is a five hours endurance at 137 knots so it's a it's a nice cruiser as it's well a, as a, as a, a trainer no mo- mo- most people cruise in this country about 105 miles oh, sorry knots yeah um, 137 so you'll feel the difference yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it does yeah. make a difference yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, they are one of the safest aircraft as well because um majority of the models will well all of them are carbon fiber which is a different strength factor. Yeah, uh, much stronger and lighter. Much stronger, much lighter. And uh, more main mod- mainstream conventional models will have a ballistic recovery system. So it's a parachute which picks up the whole plane. Yeah, yeah. So just yeah. For, for people who don't know, you basically, you're trained to have a, a, a hand on a, on a lever that's very close to the roof. And if something goes wrong, you're told just to pull it yeah. out because insurance yeah. is going to cover you. Yes, and also, also we had an accident, not many of them, but an accident when the, when the pilot deployed the parachute, yeah. the aircraft actually landed on the ground in the mountain region. He stepped out, sat on a tree trunk and waited for the helicopter to pick him up. <laughs> so everything went pretty safe. I thought, oh God, not a crash. But then I thought, well, actually, that's a good advertising for the recovery system, you know. In modern times, it's like putting, it's like putting a, um, Airbag. airbags in, Airbags, in a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> it's, correct. A, it's a similar kind of, kind of a, a, a safety mechanism. So, w- w- so obviously Pipistrel, they're based in Slovenia, right? The factories That's in Slovenia. Correct, yeah. Um, and they, they've decided to, to market or, or develop an electric uh, aircraft, primarily for, for, um, for you know, uh, training at the moment because yes. of the endurance. But uh, do you know if they have anything else exciting in the works? Um, yes, I do. Um, there is a development of a much longer endurance aircraft on the way. Uh, we think it's about two years. Uh, this will be much longer battery life and uh, range and everything. And also there is a development of a 19-seater aircraft, um, which I think there will be some information on Pipistrel websites. It's still sort of a prototype, yeah, even yeah. before prototype. Yeah, yeah, aircraft take ages to, yeah. years to develop. Yeah, but it's it's all exciting. The advantage we've got with Pipistrel is that the factory put all on quick certification of a two-seater trainer. Okay. Since one year it was certified, no competitors shown anything even closer to that. There's lots of projects, there's lots of capitalization, there's lots of money invested into that area, but a year later we're still the only type certified aircraft, yeah. fully electric. And th- this, this aircraft... Uh is also or this t- mo- not model but 
they've also made previously a micro light aircraft yes which uh so just f sort of for tech buffs because uh you know i don't know um so this aircraft can has an endurance of, of an, an hour flight but that that means that you can you can probably fly fly for much longer but you need 15 minutes on either side yes just to yep. safely land and you know yep. safety is completely different when it comes to aviation absolutely to like automotive yeah. it's, a, it's a different ballpark um and the, it's a 20 something kilowatt hour battery 20 kilowatt hour battery uh the output for the engine is around 60 kilowatt at uh maximum well for takeoff and about 50 kilowatt for uh, continuous flight okay uh the you're right that you need some time before and after but uh you will need 10 minutes on conventional aircraft to bring your engine up to temperature yes because you can't take off at 5000 rpm yeah, on a cold the engine, engine. Yeah. yeah yeah uh no, however no. here nothing you just step in just jump in master on off you go flying yeah so so again so sorry because you know i just i, I want to fill the gaps so of if, if somebody doesn't know, when you fly a little airplane, you, s you sit in it, you do loads of pre-flight checks and you turn the engine on after, you know, pumping the fuels and doing all sorts of other things. And then you sit there the, until the temperature goes up to a certain level, you taxi to a certain point before you take off and you do your pre-flight checks and the engine checks. So you basically um, rev it up all the way, leave it for a few seconds, see whatever, you know, T's yeah, and P's are right and everything. Yep. Then you put it by, back to idle to kind of make sure that it doesn't stop at, doesn't stop at, the, at that point. Yep. Wait a little bit, then put it back to about 1600 RPM. And then you take uh, tell the, uh, the tower, you know, you're ready for takeoff, right? Um, Whereas here, you do your pre-flight checks. Of course. Then you switch the engine and the engine monitoring system will immediately tell you something wrong. Yeah. You don't need to do engine checks. Yes. Yeah. Because there's nothing. It's a sealed unit. It's a brushless motor. Um, it's quite actually small. It's only a couple of inches wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fantastically small for 75 horsepower <laughs> output. Yes. And uh, yeah, well, everything else about flying it pretty much the same, apart from maybe one. No, there's two funny things and one important thing. So one important thing is it climbs because you say is try and save the battery. You nurse the battery. Uh, you will climb shallower. Okay. So you will kind of what what in aviation called a cruise climb rather than yeah. an immediate climb. And the two interesting things is when you idle the throttle, uh, the conventional aircraft will keep rotating because idle is still rotating the engine. Here the prop stops. Okay, so if you put it into idle, it just, it just stops. Oh, does, does it windmill? Uh, when uh, in flight it does, Okay. but on the ground it doesn't. Yeah, because this is the other sort of misconception is people think if the engine in a conventional aircraft stops, the, the propeller it stops will, rotating. Will stop, but it won't. It will actually windmill on its yeah. own because you're still going through the air. Yeah. Um, so you're saying it will just basically windmill on its own. But um, um, I know that the, the Microlite version had, uh, at least the early prototypes that I've heard about, it did have uh, regen on landing, but uh, I've heard that this one doesn't do that. No, we, s we were thinking about it and um, it was kind of not implemented at the last stages because the additional five minutes of charge does not worth the exercise of putting another aggregate in okay yeah you, you just you what we're hoping for is the batteries will develop faster so you don't need the residual charge yeah yeah okay okay that makes sense especially for it's for a choice it's a question of choice yeah especially for training you know if you're doing loads of circuits 
that might, like you say, might save you five minutes. But yeah. you, you don't go when you do circuits. You go to about thousand feet and then you land. Yeah. You touch and go. You basically land and immediately pull the full power and take yeah. off again. Yeah, um, that's And true. you do add in the circle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, have you had any any? So, so, let me back up. So, when I was doing the training, um, I've heard from loads of people running schools at the time that the costs are very expensive of running the air car, uh, aircraft, and um, and you know people stopped flying as much because the you know they no longer can afford it. Pay yeah. you know 150 plus uh, per hour. Uh, presumably, this would be perfect because I'm sure it's way cheaper to operate the aircraft. Um, well, we can't, unfortunately, dictate at what price to sell the hour. Yeah. It's for the school to decide. Of but I give you a very quick run through a conventional Cessna or Piper aircraft uh, flying on aviation fuel will cost you minimum 75, uh, 75 pounds per hour on petrol only. Yeah. This is exclusive of instructor and engine fund, insurance, everything. One hour on this aircraft is two pounds. That's the that's the cost of the electricity per one hour. Yeah, well, it's, it's a twenty kilowatt hour battery, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah if you t if you multiply it even by fifteen p, you know, yeah, yeah. you get yeah. you get ridiculously there, there, there small figures. <laughs> so it will make it immediately more profitable for the school. We are big fans of democratization of aviation, so make more people to get into it, make it more affordable and everything. So what we hope that competition will take place and the schools will reduce prices because they will make the same margin. Yes, of course, know? of course, they'll, they'll, if they can charge. But if they reduce money, prices, we probably can bring more people into learning to fly, especially more young people learning to fly. Yes, yeah. you know, because the crowd here is mostly people who are retired. <laughs> <laughs> bought the aircraft and uh, enjoying the time flying it as a retirement project. What we need is the young people to be able to go into aviation and fly this future machines, you know, like the, the one we've got here. Yeah, I, um, I have to say, every time I turn up at the uh, at the av any aviation uh, uh, event, it's usually mo mostly older white men, you know, yeah. just... Which is, which is it, great. It, yeah, well, I mean, it's Also, fine, hype, the biggest hype of this hobby yeah was a post-war a light aircraft you build it in your shed and uh, then you fly it yes and that's the the sort of this tradition continues which is fine but i've seen i've never seen so many curious faces as of this morning <laughs> looking at the electric motor and high voltage cables where supposed to be an engine with carburetors and spark plugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks it looks rather uh, silly but then again People who are familiar with electric cars, they they, they know that the uh, it, the engine is or the motor is so small, it's ridiculous. It's mm. the battery pack that yeah. takes the more space. Yeah. Um, it, so um, so the aircraft has one hour endurance. So say if I was uh, a, a school, schools are quite quite often you know booked back to back. So they would need at least probably two because they have to wait. Two or three. Yeah, we were hoping that um, the plug and play system for the batteries will be in place. But then the safety factor took over again. If you drop lithium ion battery on the tarmac, it probably will be more damaged than just to have fixed battery and recharge them. Yeah. Recharge is one hour. You know, you when I was learning to fly, mm, one hour it's a maximum I could bear. Otherwise, after one hour, there is a theory that you stop learning. You're still enjoying it, but your mental capacity, because we're not designed to fly, we don't have wings. No. <laughs> we're, not, we're not designed to move in this three-dimensional space, you know? 
Um, so after one hour, I prefer to ask my instructor to land, have a cup of tea, have a debrief. By the end of that debrief, your aircraft is ready to fly. Yeah. And you don't need anybody. Like, for example, you with refueling, it's a long process because you're pouring fuel into the aircraft. And with a lot of microlight schools, you're jerry canning. Yes. You're not just nozzle it in from the petrol station. Where here, you switch one button, you put the the, the round plug in, and the charger talks to the battery. It doesn't involve you. It doesn't ask your advice. Yeah. It knows what it's doing. Yeah, just plug it and knows, play, basically. Yeah, it's no, it knows the state of health of the battery. It knows how much it charged. It knows what how to charge fast and then slower and then whatever. It's all automatic process. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a there's a quite sophisticated battery management system that yeah. Uh, yeah, is yeah, a bit different is. than in your regular car because. Yeah. Because you know when you when you're climbing up to a couple thousand feet, the temperatures change very quickly. The pressure changes. Yes, I'm sure it has to take an account for it. And as far as I could tell, there's two batteries. One is just behind the uh, what used to be a firewall in the conventional aircraft, because you know things could go in up the front cowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure there is no firewall as such. Um, and then th- there's one in the back behind the passengers, yeah. or behind the, the pilot and the passenger, because it's a two-seater. Yeah. Um, and Correct me if I'm wrong. It's just a DC charger, so you you um, yeah yes. So you can't just plug it in using a three-pin socket at your home. No, you will have to have three-phase supply. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I d- yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's technically possible, but it's they te- you can invert and convert. Uh, but from a conventional one-phase, say 32 amp supply, it will be about 12 hours to charge yeah, the, the plane for one hour of flight. Yeah, but 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 if I was to buy this aircraft for myself and just fly it from my own farm which you know there's so many people in the UK doing that yeah um, I would love to ability to, to just to leave it in a hangar but like charge slowly overnight and then come back next day and just you know take it off take it but off I'm, for a flight yeah it does work but like I'm, this. I'm sure I'm sure that's not people's trails main market so the market for us is flying schools yeah yeah it's flying schools and we're working on uh, the program to deploy a few aircraft for uh, rent on rental basis not on because school will hardly afford aircraft is 150,000 pounds that's before tax yes yeah. so it's an expensive thing it but it, it's it's what you get for it you know you've got this fantastic kit at two pounds an hour flying very low maintenance and stuff like this but um, e- you will need capital resources to buy a fleet uh, yeah, so we're yeah. working on that and trying to offer rent which will make it far more affordable again speaking of democratization and and pulling our product on the market yeah, yeah the uh, aircraft are I mean this if you think 180,000 euros is expensive uh, you know private little aircraft are way more expensive oh, yeah, than yeah. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is actually not that expensive in, a, in there a is a choice to keep buying second hand and uh, yes. is, we, we all learned on it something definitely not working in every flight something is out or upside down um, safety is a question because that's far safer to fly than the new one will f- f- left alone let alone the electric you know uh, but um, it's a very early stage so anything we talk it's like it's rather funny because people ask me so but wh- why is that such a small endurance I said, look guys it's take it or leave it exercise this is the only one certified aircraft on the market if you want to try and be the first one who is kind of teaching to fly without polluting the air and uh, without damaging the atmosphere it's this is it and, and, and never mind that it's just the uh, the pleasure of flying it's just like with electric cars it's you get much more 
you get what in Tesla world it's called Tesla Grin, but it's not you know where people get in behind the uh, 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 steering wheel of a of a Tesla and press the accelerator and yeah. they smile because it's just pure power. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably the same thing. I've never flown it, obviously, so I, don't, I can't say. But I'm sure you yeah. you can attest to the fact that it's much more enjoyable because you can just hear the wind mm. and you don't have to like you know it's a different experience. You don't get this. Yeah. Um, the secondary, you know, vibration noise. Um, yeah, there's uh, no uh, vibration whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to, to fly to, yeah. to, you know. There's yeah. actually nothing to vibrate because the motor is brushless. It's yeah. actually suspended in the air oh. Oh, by magnets. Okay. okay. You know? Oh yeah, true. Yeah. It's, and yeah. there's only two bearings which are holding the shaft in place. Yeah. That's it. It's <laughs> 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 two, two, only two aggregates which connect the motor to the body of the aircraft. So. Um, speaking of, of maintenance, because obviously when you're running a school, quite a lot of schools actually uh, have their own maintenance uh, facility because they, you know, it costs so much to maintain a regular mm -hmm. aircraft. Um, so just to, to those who don't know, you get you get 1,000 hour checks on the regular aircraft and then every so often you have to take the engine apart, mm. rebuild it essentially. Well, you, first of all, you've got in the school type certified aircraft every every 50 hours okay you do your maintenance yeah and that involves draining the oil changing the spark plugs changing the filters putting them back in place lock wiring them and everything else there's nothing like this here okay you can't there's no spark plugs yeah you so can't change anything anyway but the, the bottom line is it's very expensive to even if you bought a second-hand Cessna 152. It's very to, expensive to run for fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah, and you know the the you're gonna spend fifteen thousand pounds every couple of years just to maintain yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, um, never mind flying it. Uh, so you know, in a ten years of time that most people own an aircraft, they paid hundred thousand probably mm. just just to enjoy it. So how does how does it like what are the figures for the, for this sort of aircraft? Do you think? Well, there was not a single electric aircraft which went through the maintenance program in the UK yet. So we don't know. Basically. We don't know. <laughs> but what we expect is to be rather cheap, uh, probably in the region of 1500s a year uh, for the entire year cycle of maintenance, because there is no 50 hours checks. There's a hundred hours checks, um, but that check is just putting a SCART connection into uh, a little diagnostic port in the cockpit saying diagnostics yeah and just looking at your laptop and seeing if all elements are behaving yeah yeah you know? yeah just making sure that all the cells in the battery are okay and all the logs from charging yeah. discharging yeah absolutely yeah. and only only service function you can perform on that aircraft is keep your antifreeze level up everything <laughs> everything else is sealed yeah so you can't you can't touch the battery you can't <laughs> Or any water, or no, or 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 any um, acid in the batteries, it just doesn't work. Like yeah. You know, so so the, ba the batteries are uh, are are cold, obviously, because they have to be warmed up and cooled. Yeah, they're liquid cooled. Hence comes the antifreeze. Hence comes the pump, which rotates the liquid around the batteries, the inverter, and the motor, because everything is working in a very different temperature ranges. So, if I was if I was a a, a you know flying school and was interested in in having one of these. Who should I talk to? Um, you know, what are the sort of the? How how would you convince even students to 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 fly on these instead of um, the conventional aircraft? Or or is the or is the is the idea that to to do the initial training, where you learn to actually land and take off before you take take go away, um, in this aircraft, and then uh, you move on to uh, um, a combustion. Yeah. Um, 
or can you you probably presume you can't do the full training on this because you can't do um cross country you will have to still for a couple of years you'll have to use the combustion yeah. engine unless the flying infrastructure will allow us to stop on the way yeah and ch- recharge no for, at the moment it's a circuit trainer okay uh, i don't think there's a lot of convincing required everybody who ever seen this aircraft is completely amazed and uh, the moment we take it to flying schools you know we noticed that the level of awareness of contemporary young people uh, about the pole eco uh, net zero and stuff is quite massive yeah yeah because uh, nobody yet brought an electric aircraft to the market so we can't again it's another thing we can't tell what that would be what traction it will receive but if we meet again well say next pop-up or maybe even earlier i will be able to tell you how it's going on with the traction with the flying schools i'd be very interested because i've stopped flying recently for you know family reasons but the um um i last time i flew an aircraft was uh, last year because i was uh, due to um, renew my ppl or my um, single engine uh, propeller um, certification or not certification uh, whatever it's called um and i just found it very sort of and i don't know it didn't annoy me i just found it um foreign so to mm. speak sitting behind something that vibrates yeah, and yeah, makes yeah. so much noise um and and you know it will take getting used to so i'm, I'm looking forward actually to be able to fly an oh, electric brilliant. we'll an take you off don't worry about it <laughs> um you know i'm happy i'm happy to go up anytime like i'm happy to pay for it and just yeah, go yeah. Uh, uh you know um, uh, there is a um, we've got a website which on the card i gave you yes www.niboair.co.uk nibo is n-e-b-o um and you can leave us your details or any of your listener can leave us your details and we'll call back when your slot is ready and take you up is, is that nibo like um a sky in russian yeah yeah i know you will know <laughs> <laughs> i do speak russian yeah, a little yeah. bit <laughs> well i'm not yeah. gonna i'm not gonna embarrass myself uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it is it is for the sky and um when we developed that um it's the same in slavin you know where, okay. where they're made yeah uh but when we developed it i thought how many people know what uber is <laughs> some do probably but not everybody who yeah. takes uber know what uber is so i yeah. thought nibo will do yeah yeah that's you know? yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's short short it, it makes yes. sense yes it, it sounds nice it sounds yeah. nice in english yeah uh, so yeah. Yeah, why not yeah it sounds, sounds good yeah the russian roots everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so you you're ba- uh, if anyone wanted to um to actually have a go even look at it you're you're based in um in uh, Suffolk but we we have two bases we're based in Suffolk but our base where the present villas is living now is uh Demons Hall it's an airfield near Upminster yeah it's it's East it, London basically yeah if, if you if you go over the um the Dartford crossing it's, it's just on, on your left, left. yeah <laughs> basically when you when you fly over uh, over Dartford crossing in a conventional aircraft you look down and there's a little yeah. strip there yeah, yeah it's a very very easy to commute to it's a 20 minutes train and five minutes in a cab yeah there's a surprising amount of around london because it always surprised me when i moved back to london from belfast how many airfields there are outside of london yeah just within a train or even a tube journey yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. especially without much support from anything but the club members yes that's yeah. still impressive yeah, yeah. and they're and they're chock a flock of, of chock a, a full of um of aircraft that local people just want to fly yeah So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, another thing I might you might be interested or your listeners might be interested in. You wouldn't believe it, but the 
most expensive exercise in that whole electric idea is insurance. <laughs> because because it's a new statistics. Yeah. There's this new thing. So we had to buy a really big bullet of 10,000 pounds wow. for our insurance policy. And this is not even training insurance. It's just a demo, yeah. demo flights. For, 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 for comparison, last time I flew in a group in the regular PA-28-180 um, aircraft, which is a four-seater, can do about four hours on a single charge, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we paid about £3,000 for insurance. For insurance. And that's yeah, for that's, a group of eight people. Yeah, that's a syndicate, uh, typical syndicate, pleasure and private flight. Yes. Uh, your school insurance will probably be double of that. So our insurance is triple of that. Oh, wow. However, we think that because of the safety factor of that aircraft and the whole eco development, it will go down. Yeah. It will go down, which again will hopefully make the flying cheaper. Uh, they just need a traction and see safety record. Yeah, it's, it's funny how that compares to the, um, the electric uh, cars have been in the past very expensive to insure because again, insurers had Nobody no idea. Knows, yeah. Because all they care about is the, uh, the you know the, the the capital cost of a damage, yeah. in case one occurs, yeah, yeah. and you know they don't care what type of, yeah. of, of a thing it is. No, for them, oh. it doesn't exist like an item. Yeah, it exists like a, a figure in the in the exactly. chart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any insurance company is happy to pay uh, take money of you to insure anything. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the cost. It's just might a be. statistic. <laughs> yes. Statistical. Uh, the, the 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 other thing, like before uh, before we uh, the wind's picking up and we're just sitting outside of the tent. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the. Uh, um, and you can hear the aircraft flying, so you know we're at an airfield. The There's a lot going on here. Yeah. So the Popham is is a, is a very big airfield, um, and it's it's lucky because it's pretty far away from any major development, so mm. there's not too many houses. But uh, many airfields are not as lucky, and they quite often get uh, noise complaints from the local yes. citizens. Big thing. And it's 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 a massive problem. Um, it, you know, it's you you think that uh, if you buy a house in an area where there's an airfield. You would you would know that there's an airfield in there, and therefore you you wouldn't object to the noise that was there before you moved in. Yeah. But quite surprisingly, uh, people in this country and many other countries are happy to complain about, uh, you know, something that they've missed basically when they were uh, looking for the house. Uh, and quite o- quite often these are airfields from like 1940 or even the First World War mm. um, that have been around for ages, and you know somehow mm. they have to shut down because local people are complaining too much. It's usually one or two people, but you know. Uh, so how 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 does that? Because you know, because we're at an airfield, we're hearing loads of people taking off and landing, uh, and I'm far away from the uh, from the main sort of landing area, so this isn't even the proper noise. Um, how does this compare to the you know conventional engine? If you flew an electric one, is it much quieter? Obviously, there is still noise, presumably. It's still noise, which is not the noise of the engine. Yeah. We can go back to the aircraft, you can keep recording, and I will spin the prop for you so that the listeners can hear the actual sound for electric aircraft. However, the majority of the noise is produced by the prop striking through the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the biggest noise is when you go from stationary to about 30 knots. Then the noise dies down. Okay. Um, it's... I would say you can still hear it, but... A, it's a different noise. It's not a roaring noise of a combustion engine. And uh, it's about three times less. So it will bring enormous advantage to the airfields which are subject to that noise pollution. Yeah. Complaints yeah. and and um, the whole thing with noise. Um, Pipistrels are, all of them, the whole line of them, are built on glider concept. It's a big wings. It's one 
to 18 glide ratio so you can glide forever yeah um, and um, you almost always landing the pipistrello aircraft gliding in which is a good practice it is, know, yeah. it's fantastic uh, military pilots are trained to glide in because they constantly think of what the engine you know goes they have to safely kind of bring it down um, which is producing no noise at all when the combustion engine rotating and landing you still can hear it because it's idling yeah yeah here is just stationary stop I mean the prop will rotate but there's no noise produced yeah, yeah. by anything I mean the, the, so it's basically big white bird silently goes into land yeah so that's the way it looks okay I mean sounds the developing an aircraft based on a much more efficient platform in the first place makes so much sense yeah the, the, the aircraft that I flew um, I don't know what the what is the gliding ratio of a, of a, a PA28 but it's it's about a, it's one a, to eight it, uh, yeah, it, it feels like a brick sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it's a good trainer aircraft. It wants yeah. to land. Yes. Where Pipistrel doesn't want to land, it wants to fly. Okay. And so continue flying, which is an interesting thing for learning to fly, uh, because if you want no hustle, you'll be flying something heavy, and which flies like a brick because it will land nicely. But um, you just need to adapt to that different concept. Yeah. You know? Okay. I can land mine uh, on a 450 meter farm strip where I live, and I usually need a half of it. That's not bad. 200 meters. <laughs> you need to work yeah, precisely yeah. on that landing, but I've, it's achievable. I think I can land the PA28 on about 20, uh, 250 meters yeah. if, I, if I do a short field landing. Yes. Um, yeah. But that's a steep approach, and then you basically. Steep approach, using ground effect. Yeah. And uh, people still has air brakes, okay. so deploy air brakes, kill the lift. Yeah. Bonus question: Does it beta? Ease off. Can you reverse the uh, the propeller? No. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> I wish we could. That's a military term. Be yeah. Beta. Beta. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, no, you can't do uh, reverse thrust. Uh, could be uh, on the bigger machines. You know why Cessna Caravan is still the most popular aircraft in Africa? No because of the reverse thrust. Okay. On a turbo caravan, you can reverse thrust, so you oh. can stop on a very small runway. Oh, I didn't not, know that. Not even it flies from anything virtually. Yes. From yeah. crop to sand. And then you can lift quite a lot in it. It has a, It's the aircraft that has like an underbelly yes. um, uh, compartment that you yeah. can put loads of things in. That's yeah. it. So, but because we are in a different class, we're not developing a transporter, not we developing, in this particular model, there is a development of a, a passenger carrier, but that's not a passenger carrier. That's that's a that's a trainer. Yeah, that's a trainer to become cruiser. Yeah, and and obviously, uh, um, I'm gonna close down because I don't want to take up too much no, of your no, time. No, it's fine. And probably we have to bring up the chairs again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We borrow the chairs from somebody in the <laughs> barn. Um, but the uh, um, because because this is development mostly for uh, for for training initially. When you're flying circuits, you're you're always close. If, in case anything goes wrong, the battery completely seizes. Like you say, it glides very well, mm -hmm. and because you, you're next to the airstrip, yes, you can just turn it around. And yes. when, when you're when you're learning to fly, you're always told, or you always, at any point, the instructor can pull the throttle and tell you, your what, what you're going to do now. Yeah, <laughs> you have to land yeah. it either in the field or in. On and that's one of the biggest exercises. You remember, you know, engine failure. What's that called? PTL, PTF. Engine, uh, engine failure on takeoff. Uh, well, that's one PTFL, yeah. And uh, yeah. then another one is um, 
yeah, you pretend you lost the engine and you have to calculate your glide slope yeah. into the airfield. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's ho- hopefully hopefully there's going to be more of them, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing one at local airfields, which yeah. to me would be, I mean, your airfield where you guys are based near London, it's very close. But the other one that's closest to me is Red Hill. Red Hill, yes. Um, this is where we when we flew to here. Red Hill was our pit stop. Okay. Oh, PFL. I remember that now. Practice force landing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's the one that, yeah. yeah it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I had to do it last a couple of months ago when I was doing my uh, my PPL um, certification. Revol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Revalidation. Re- revalidation, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I should, yeah, I should remember PFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah PFL. <laughs> but basically, you're just flying along in a countryside or whatever, and the instructor's like, the engine fails. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, but we all do. We flew here for two hours from Suffolk, and... Um, Halfway in, I said to my co-pilot, I said, so which field? She said, what What do you mean? I said, which field will you pick up? <laughs> if we And you start thinking, okay, where's the wind coming from? Uh, right, okay, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, it's, yeah a, it's, a, a good, it's an interesting thing about aviation. Some people think that the pilots always live in that negative sort of thinking about a catastrophe or emergency. Uh, but you get used to it. Yes. Yeah. Again, people who are not designed to fly. It's a safety conscious mind. Yeah. You know, safety my, conscious uh, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, I... I've, yeah, I, I was told I was um, I was told that from the start I, when I started flying in, in Newton Arts in, Belf- in near Belfast, is you know I had a, I had a an, an older English gentleman who used to be in RAF RAF and he he would do uh, he would show me things if I did something wrong on the takeoff or landing we would go up to five thousand feet and he would be like if you do this this is what could happen yeah. and like, I've, I've spun. Let's just put it this way, I've spun down seeing the ground getting closer to me way too many times because he was trying to show me <laughs> uh, you know, if you if you lose flaps too quickly on the on the on the go around, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. If you dip the wing too much, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. And, you know, I know way too well. <laughs> but anyway, um, thank you very much for your time and I'm looking oh, forward you're to very actually welcome. being able to um, to have a go in it and you know Yes, you're welcome to come. Again, visit the website, leave a, leave your request and we'll call you back. Okay. Is it is Take it care. do you have to be a pilot to try it or can you no. just do it as a passenger? No, as a passenger. Great. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave the, the all the, the descriptions and yep. stuff in, in, the, in the description down below. Alright, thank you Brilliant. very much. Great talking to you. Well, that's it for the episode 28. That was a short one this time. I'm sure some of you will appreciate that. Um, thanks again for, uh, for some time. Uh, today and uh, thank you to Sergei for uh, letting me to speak to him about the uh, the, uh, the airplane. Um, it, it truly does not look any different from the outside uh, to the regular ice airplane, as you would call it, or piston airplane. As always, uh, thank you to my patrons. If you want to chip in and let me lose less money on this podcast, uh, just search for Take It EV on patreon.com or just go to uh, takeitev.transistor.fm the links are uh, in the description below and just chip in go to twitter at takeitev to just to say hi and to follow me I do tweet quite quite a lot and uh, we have a quite lovely people unlike the regular twitter we're actually we're lovely people so come and say hi and uh, if you're hearing this at um fully charged live or fully charged outdoors then come and say hi if you see me around i'll be around with the uh with the logo on the on the hoodie otherwise uh see you on twitter and so on and once again thank you for listening <laughs>